Hello and welcome listeners to episode 23 of your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast, IRL Game Chat, where we share our most intimate memories and opinions regarding the world of video games as we know it. I am your host, Joe Finley, and with me as always, your factual and famous Firefly fanatic, Mr. Luke Shermer. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm good, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I uh, recently had a job interview, and guess what? Hashtag finally employed Finley. Seriously? Congratulations, dude. Where is this? This place is called Cheese Masters, so I'm going to be making like exquisite grilled cheeses for the fine people of Park Avenue. <laughs> really? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like... It's really uh, simple. So you is it like it's like a gourmet place for grilled cheese then? Kind of. Yeah, I mean it's not quite gourmet, but it's definitely like it's not the normal class of grilled cheese. That's kind of cool, higher dude. echelon grilled yeah. cheese. Yeah. I mean, cuz you know, I mean I know that you like making coffee, but this is kind of like a endearingly bizarre turn of events for you in the world of food service. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I like it. That's cool, man. This is true. I hope that you enjoy this new job. Yeah, and I'm thrilled because they want to have a schedule that's very set. So I will know exactly when I'm working every week from like now till the indefinite future as soon as the schedule goes up on Saturday. Awesome. So That's great. And that will make things easy for IRO Game Chat to still continue to flourish and yeah. thrive and all other good Well, congratulations, like that. man. That's great. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Make the hell out of them grilled cheeses. So what have you been up to in, in the last few days? Uh, lounging like lizard, lizard style nice. lounge. Okay, all right, good to hear. Hanging you enjoying out, enjoying that weather. How's your skin doing? It's a really long story, but you know, I'm still just kind of working through it. Okay, but I mean, I'm feeling better than I did in Rochester, you know, and I'm going to be back in Rochester for about two weeks coming up. So uh, we'll sorry see to hear that. Goes. I mean, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's going to be good to you know hang out. Yeah, I have no idea what I'm in for health wise, so we'll see. Okay. All right. So, sir, what have you been playing lately? Yeah, so I've been doing a lot of The Last of Us multiplayer, Woo! which is really fun. Yeah, right? Uh, I've really been enjoying it. And um, Does it live up to everything I said about it? It does. I mean, it's a lot different from any multiplayer that I've ever played. Okay. I'd say the closest it comes is Tomb Raider, but even then, yeah. Tomb Raider was more of a run and gun. Yeah, um, for sure. You have to be much more careful and much more deliberate about what you do in the last of us multiplayer, which I like, mm -hmm. uh, you, you really can't, you know, I mean, there are times where you see an enemy and you won't even shoot at him because it's just not practical or it's a waste of ammunition or it'll give away your position. You know right. I mean? Look at a game like cod. That's never the case. If you <laughs> see a guy, you're just all of a sudden opening up like full blast. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And if you don't, he will. So, um, yeah. So yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, I like the way that, it, that it's, that it's designed. It's kind of a fresh take on the typical shooter these days. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm done with the Hunter like Journey, so I just started the Firefly. I'm actually almost done with Firefly Journey. Uh, I've been really plowing through it. So Sweet, sweet. Have you tackled more of the single player at all? or I am 28% through, which I've already gotten to in the past. I, th I think uh, the save file that I had originally when I was playing it months and months ago was somewhere like 48 or 49% of the way through. Okay. So, um, yeah, so I started over, and I may even start over again because my girlfriend's coming to visit this coming week starting tomorrow so maybe i'll just start over so i can just play it all the way through because it's such a great game that i i kind of want it to all be fresh as i'm doing it you know yeah so well I'm thinking i might just 
start my playthrough over. Remember that you do have three playthroughs that you have to do to platinum it. So right, I know that. Yeah. So get used to uh, you know enemy positions and try and remember things just a little bit. I mean, granted, I don't think you're the kind of person that would struggle with not using his supersonic hearing, whatever that's called, listen mode. Yeah, <laughs> not using it can Superman make hears. the game much more challenging. That's for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's something you got to get used to if you want to platinum it. Because survivor mode has mm. no listen mode. Yes, 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 yes. How did you find that? How did you like? How would you rate the difficulty level of survivor mode? Because I didn't really watch you play it, you know, because I didn't want to spoil anything. Um, but I knew that you were at that game for quite a while. Well, by the time you've gotten to that point, you kind of know everything that's coming, and that's a tremendous right. help because. It's not that it's really that more challenging. It's just that it's taking away all of the help. I think, you know, the funny thing is, is as maybe difficult as it might be for some people to complete it, I actually felt it to be a much more enjoyable cinematic ride because of the fact that I didn't have listen mode. You know, it it kind of streamlines the approach. And by then I'd already knew what was going to happen. So that particular playthrough went by the fastest and the most as one giant like cutscene to me. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. I can dig it. Can y'all dig it? Yeah, I'm actually that that makes me look forward to it even more. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, actually the cool thing, Joe, is uh the the first time that I played through this, there were certain rooms where I made it my mission to kill every single infected and find every single item and then get through. Do you, do you know that room towards the beginning where you're kind of like going through a subway and then there's a clicker at the end and you have to climb up a ladder and then escape? Uh it it's like one of the first parts familiar. of the game. I mean, I found everything. So, so okay, if so there's, there's one to find. That, I guarantee I've been there. Right, right. But anyway, you know, uh, the first few times that I went through that place months ago when I was playing it, like I said, I kind of made it my mission to kill every single infected and find every single item there. This time, I just snuck around every single enemy and was done with the place in like sixty seconds. I was just <laughs> gone. You know, and that to me was almost more fun and more realistic. Yeah, I mean, if you know, I I think if I was in that situation, I just want to get the hell out of there as fast as I possibly could. I'm not going to methodically you know, take them all down, sticking around and getting close to these things, trying to shiv them. Yeah, and then you know, like uh, scrambling through desks, like looking for items. No, I'm just going to get the <laughs> hell out of there. Right. So right. <laughs> that that was what I did, and um, I, that made it more fun because I wasn't having to replay the same area over and over and over and over again. Right. Because that got frustrating. That, that was when I didn't like uh, the stealth gameplay. It was when I was doing the same thing over and over and over. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I do encourage people to kind of approach it as a stealth game if you, if you haven't played it yet. Well, you almost have to because this is not a game that gives you everything you wish you could have to battle these things. Right. The harder the difficulty, Absolutely. the less materials you're going to get to make shivs. So there will come times on your survival playthrough that you straight up have the wrong defenses for the situation. And the only right. way to approach it is loud or by crawling and being very particular about where you place each step and when you move and everything. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, I like the gameplay better this way. Yeah. Just sneaking around everything. It's I find it more enjoyable. Sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> All right. So is that it? Have you been playing anything else? or That's it. Um, if I didn't mention already, I platinumed God of War 3, which a few of the oh. challenges were a fucking bitch. Oh, really? Unbelievable. <laughs> like... There, dude, there's this one challenge where you have to kill all the enemies using nothing but your bare hands, and you have to do it in 75 seconds. So basically, what, 
the whole time what you're doing is you're grabbing smaller guys and then using them as a battering ram to smash <laughs> into the larger guys. <laughs> but if you don't knock the larger guys off the pillar, you really just don't have time wow. to finish it. So you, so you have to, like, I think I played it over probably 30 to 40 times before I finally got it. Wow. And when I did, it wasn't even, like, satisfying. It was like, fuck you, I'm finally done. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Drop the mic. I'm out. But Peace. Yeah, exactly. All in all, it was a good time. But uh, <laughs> some it's of those challenges are kind of frustrating, yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah. No, I, I know how the, like, I'm talking shit about it now, but um, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, I enjoy challenges where you have to be completely precise the entire time. Oh, yeah. Because you know? when you're done, you know, it does feel good, even if it was a bitch to get through. So, yeah. But yeah. Uh, God of War 3, uh, I know I'm super late to the party, but that is by far the best action game I've ever played in my entire life. Really? Wow. Yeah. I'm going to bring it with me when I come home. Um, and I'm going to make you sit down and play it because it's that good. <laughs> I think, um, do you know when three released? I don't remember. Uh, I don't know. I want to say 2009 or 2010. Because around then, I played a God of War game and beat it. I don't know. We'll compare trophies la- later after the podcast. Maybe I've played it. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll have to take a look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you sometimes forget the games you played. Like, oh, yeah. I- Oh, Dead Space. Yeah, I'll try this game out. Oh, wait. I played through 90% of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I overlooked that and just completely blanked out. It's Man. all coming back to me now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Quite literally. Man, all the way up until the last room. Like, I remember going, there's got to be something of this I don't remember. And then I got all the way <laughs> to the, um, why do I want to call it a shard? The... Um, the marker, yeah. The marker, like a shard. Thanks. Yeah, it's shard-like. <laughs> um, when I got to the marker, I remember going, "Wait, this is like pretty much it." And I've definitely done this before. Oh, so I've played this entire game. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Which is funny because other people remembered, like Steve. Steve was like, "Oh, yeah, you played Dead Space back in the day," and I was like, "Really? I did." So you remember me playing it at least? <laughs> All right. Dude, I'm just happy for you that you had two fresh experiences of Dead Space. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how like how awesome is that? Like I, I wish I could play Dead Space 2 over and over again and have it be completely brand new every time. Like a goldfish, you know? You could play Mass Effect Kinda... and it would be like a brand new playthrough every, every next time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well played, sir. Well played. Yes, I could <laughs> and I should. And someday maybe I will. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We With a new one coming up and next gen and everything, I feel like it would be a shame for you to not experience it. Like it, at the very least, if they come out with the next Mass Effect and it's a total bomb and everyone pans it, then you have to finish two and three. Yeah, right. Because absolutely, if it if it if it doesn't live up to what it already did well, you have to at least understand what it did when it was doing it right. Right, right. Yeah. I so will. anyway, moving on to the game loot. Game loot. In Games for Gold, in the next week, by the time the next episode comes out, uh, we will have Iron Brigade Oh, on n- November 16th. And it's normally $9.99. It's a Xbox Live Arcade title. Word. And you have nothing to say, apparently. <laughs> Except word. <laughs> and then on PlayStation Plus, uh, we have Ib and Ob for PS3. Ibn Ab is a two-player cooperative game set in a puzzle-filled world where gravity goes both up and down. You can only succeed by working closely together. Find a friend for some true local co-op or match up online. 
That sounds pretty fall cool. Fall up. Yeah. It just racked my brain trying to read this sentence. Fall up and jump down through 15 levels filled with double gravity puzzles <laughs> and discover the eight hidden worlds that will test your new non-Newtonian skills to the max. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I like it. It's got a cute little art style. It's kind of fun. And then in the event that you are a PlayStation Plus member and you're moving on to PS4, you're going to have Rezo Gun and Contrast, which we'll get to in a minute. And there's tons of discounts. I'm not even going to go through them all. It's just insane. Everything's on sale right now. Yeah, it is that time. And there's also a PlayStation Plus starter pack for Warframe, which is free for PlayStation Plus members. The starter pack includes 100 platinum and 50,000 credits, which are the local currencies within the game. The Falcon mod pack includes five mods, one guaranteed to be uncommon or better, a three-day affinity booster, and a three-day credit booster. So, in the event that you're moving on to Warframe, there's uh, there's that. That's cool. I watched my brother play that for a while. It looked pretty fun. He didn't continue playing it, um, but he was at it for, say, at least a few weeks, and he got some enjoyment out of it. He was playing it on Steam. Okay. And, in fact, he was in the beta, I do believe. Oh, really? Yeah, this was a while ago, several months ago. Yeah, clearly. All right. In the weekly wallet wrap-up, we've got a few uh, pieces of news here as far as the way things are going down with Black Friday. An apparently leaked version of Kmart's Black Friday ad posted on BFADS.com includes deals on video games and systems that begin the night of Thanksgiving. So if Thanksgiving night from 7 p.m. to 3 a.m., Kmart will discount gaming accessories 20 to 50%, including several third-party PS3 and Xbox 360 controllers and headsets. We'll also be discounting several 3DS games between $5 and $10.00. There will be a Wii U bundle with Super Mario Bros. U or Super Luigi U will sell for $299.99, and Kmart members can save $20 off that price. Then from 6 a.m. to noon on Black Friday, the retailer will offer a PS3 bundle of The Last of Us with PS3 for $200, and then discounts on many games. Shoppers can also save $10 on Dead Space 3, $20 on Beyond Two Souls. So it looks like a lot of things are this current gen. There's savings on like everything, basically, which makes sense. Yeah, that's that's cool. A lot of good stuff out there, sounds like, for pretty cheap. Also, Walmart's slate of Black Friday discounts has been revealed. So on the hardware side, Walmart will have a 4-gig Xbox 360 on sale for $99, down from its standard price of $179, which is pretty impressive. Granted, that's yeah. the 4 gigs, so you either have to get a new hard drive for it or use an external. Or just not get DLC ever. Right. <laughs> which sounds or, like loads of fun. You can get a PS3 bundle, including a 250 gigabyte unit and copies of The Last of Us and Batman Arkham Origins for $199. The 12 gig PS3 model will be available for $149. And Nintendo's new handheld, the 2DS, will be $99, a 25% discount. Not bad. So It's a lot of good stuff. Pretty yeah, cheap. indeed. So the Amazon buy two, get one free sale has ended, but Target is offering a similar buy two, get one free deal for games across all platforms. Currently, there's no set end date for Target sales, so get on that while you can. And as far as Amazon is concerned, they launched a PSN storefront today, which offers codes for PS3, PS4, and PlayStation Vita games. The virtual PSN shop is stocked with more than 100 items and will continue to add more on the same day they're released elsewhere. To celebrate the launch, Amazon is offering a $5 credit for all PSN digital content to en- for anyone who purchases a digital version of select titles through the site. So nice. that's um, yeah. Th- there's a lot of great stuff on PSN. I bought uh, Lone Survivor a couple weeks ago. Nice. 
I intend to play that soon. I bought it during the sale, um, like the Halloween sale, you know? Okay. Same time I bought Dead Space 2. But, you know, I mean, just scrolling through all of the indie titles on there, I, I was so impressed. And um, now is really the time to pick them up. Oh, yeah. Because you're going to be getting, you know... I mean, depending on how much credit you get, it sounds like you're, you know, these uh, two-for-one deals you're seeing at Target, it's essentially going to be the same thing you're seeing on, on the PlayStation Network. Yeah. Not to mention they've they've said things like if you get flower on PS3, you'll get it on PS4. And they, they've said that with a number right. of games now. So it's worth looking forward to. Uh, or, I mean, it's l- worth looking into. Looking forward and into. Also, something I left off there. The Walmart Black Friday sale includes a $40 copy of Call of Duty Ghosts. Oh, nice. That's, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised I even bothered with that. People are buying yeah. it anyway. $40 is an insane price drop for so soon, but it is Black Friday and no one goes to Walmart for games. So they, they definitely want to be a part of it this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then there's tons of more stuff to talk about, but guess what? That leads us to what we're doing for today, specifically in our special PlayStation podcast. Our special, event. very special PlayStation podcast. Here is your PS4 powwow for launch. So first, let's go with some launch games. Launch games! Launch games! Launch games! games. So I'm going to name all the titles that have shown up on Metacritic so far, and you're going to guess which one has the highest Metacritic rating. (laughs) Okay. So we got... Sounds like fun. Knack, Killzone Shadowfall, Rezogun, Assassin's Creed 4, and Battlefield 4. Hmm. I'm gonna go with Killzone. I'm th- I'm thinking Killzone or Assassin's Creed. I'm gonna go with Killzone. Okay. Well, Killzone scored a 74 Metacritic score. Oh snap! Battlefield 4 actually currently has the highest with an 87. Nice. That's awesome. Go Battlefield. Yeah. Which Picking for it up comparison? As a by the way, it was only an 80 on PS3. So it jumped seven points the Metacritic scale. Yeah, that's great. It's good to see, you know, because that's a very well-designed game. Indeed. And, you know, I just learned something today. Apparently Need for Speed Rivals is also using the Frostbite 3 engine. I didn't know that. Frostbite 3 is uh, pretty popular these days, it looks like. Yeah. Also, Battlefield 4 is offering 60 frames per second for 64 players on PS4. And according to creative director Lars Gustafsson, it is... Just the most swell thing you'll see this year. <laughs> oh, good. And uh, Joystick did a comparison between PS4, Xbox One versions of Battlefield 4 to the PC counterpart and found PS4 in particular to be nearly identical to the PC edition. Interesting. What do you make of that? Um, well, I guess it's, it's not surprising. They've been saying for forever that this is going to be the closest gen to what the PC is capable of. And in fact, a lot of games have already it's already been announced or leaked that they'll probably look better on a console rather than a <laughs> that's PC, crazy. which I think is is uh, rough on PC players just because that's what people own a PC for, is for the most exclusive, you know, and intense right. version of that game. You know, you get to really utilize the hardware in your machine to its potential, and you get to tweak all the settings. You know, you don't get to do that with consoles. You get just what that one right. experience is. So, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I got to wonder if, you know, the PC elitists out there are going to start getting pissed off because of things like this. <laughs> well, it's always funny when elitists get pissed off. Um, I mean, hey, if you enjoy PC gaming, that's cool. I do as well. But, uh, 
Don't be an elitist. No one likes an elitist. It's true, though they have valid arguments at times. You know, they've said, and I've been one of them at one point, saying that PC is where multiplayer used to be. PC is where the best graphics used to be. And now PC just happens to be people that want to play on PC. And with the way that gaming is going, consoles are no longer just some hunk of hardware you buy for exclusives. You know, there's a a lot more to the entire package, obviously. So, yep. Especially with the Xbox. I mean, there's all kinds of crap that you can do on that thing besides play games. Indeed. Well, we'll get into that in a second. So as far as the rest of those Metacritic scores go, Knack scored a 59. Ouch. That's a shame. I was looking forward to Knack being awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, I looked at the reviews for each of these games, and Knack in particular, people, first of all, apparently found it to be too difficult on average. Really? So I think I think it's right up your alley. <laughs> yeah, that makes me want to play it more. <laughs> yeah, right. Also, people are saying that it's just not as impressive as they expected it to be. That's all. Huh. Um, That's too bad. I was hoping for something that was kind of Crash Bandicoot-esque, you know? I am hearing that people are, aren't are saying that you're not going to go back to it at all. Not that they didn't like it, but that there are other games that are really showing off the next gen, and this doesn't feel like some incredible next-gen title like everyone expected it to be. It doesn't live up to the hype more than anything. I think it's probably a problem with launch titles, too, is that people simply expect more out of them because they're so excited about the new system. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you got to remember, it's just another game. I mean, yeah, it might look better, but it's just another game that's coming out. There's nothing really to set it apart from everything that's been coming out for the past while. So, well, I think that unfortunately, it's an unfortunate stigma, but it's something that launch games have to at least attempt to live up to because that's what launch is about. It's about getting people interested in this new hardware and confirming their beliefs that they need this next gen hardware. That's true. In a perfect world, absolutely. Yeah. So then also. Killzone Shadowfall got a 74 Metacritic score. Rezo Gun, pretty high up there, got an 82. Nice. So good to hear that, you know, one of our PlayStation Plus free games is a really good game. Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag 2 got an 82 as well. Very so, nice. Not bad scores per se. Knack obviously stands out a little bit from the rest of them. But uh right. it'll be interesting to see what people think of Xbox One when that happens. Because this only really matters right now. Those scores are just what people are looking at at the moment, you know, because they're getting the new system. But it's when right. we start comparing them between console and we really see where the differences are, that's when it'll start to get interesting. Right. Also, I'm he- hearing awesome things about Flower on PS4 and about how even if you have played it on PS3, you will still be once again blown away on PS4. Cool. That's good. Yes. Haven't played it yet. Well, you, maybe you can get around to it on PS4 then. Who knows? Yeah, once I come across some uh, something called money. Yes. Yeah, so can't wait. This is true. <laughs> and I didn't mention Call of Duty Ghost in there because it doesn't have a PS4 Metacritic score yet, but there is a double XP weekend confirmed for this weekend. Okay. So in the event that you're picking up Call of Duty Ghost with your next-gen console, you should definitely be checking that out. And as a reminder, Call of Duty Ghost will need a day one patch to be 1080p on PS4. Be prepared for that. And be prepared for other day one patches. We'll get onto that in a minute. Is it going to require you to drink a lot of Mountain Dew to level up quickly? (laughs) And eat tons of Doritos. (laughs) Oh, encouraging healthy habits. Thank you, Activision. But obviously, Mountain Dew is, 
in bed with Microsoft because there is a themed Microsoft Xbox One out there. You mean a themed Mountain Dew? Or yes, Xbox One. Word. <laughs> That's uh, kind of depressing, actually. <laughs> and uh, we've seen comparisons between Call of Duty on Xbox One and PlayStation 4 already. There's a nice article Eurogamer.net posted comparing every little bit of the performance. In that respect, in comparison to the PC version as well, the PC version represents a huge leap above the console editions and gives us a good idea of what to expect from the upcoming PS4 and Xbox One releases, past this one of course. If you're planning on getting either next-gen console at launch and haven't taken the plunge with Call of Duty Ghosts on the 360, PS3, or Wii U, we'd certainly suggest holding out a little longer as the graphical upgrade appears worthwhile. Of course, the issue of Xbox One's 720 resolution and PlayStation 4's alleged frame rate problems from having a 1080p resolution are still looming with regards to the game, a state of affairs that we've seen that we are keen to address when we finally get our hands on both consoles together in the coming days. In the here and now, the current-gen version of Call of Duty experience is best delivered on the 360, though, followed quite closely by the PS3 version, where stable multiplayer performance is backed up by a campaign that still delivers a good slice of 60 frames per second action, even if the frame rates aren't quite as smooth as on Microsoft's platform. However, the soft-focused look doesn't represent the game in its best light in comparison to the sharper and cleaner 360 release, while the texture bugs are disappointing to see. The real letdown comes with the Wii U version, which sees owners of Nintendo's console once again left with a subpar experience marred by frequent framerate issues and some pretty striking texture quality problems that makes it hard to recommend when both Xbox 360 and PS3 offer up smoother gameplay and more enjoyable online play as a result. Yeah, unfortunately, that's to be expected with the Wii version. It's just the way the Wii is. But it's next-gen Nintendo. <laughs> that's right. The next you know, it's like the future is now. Yeah, and it's crappy. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, that's the way it goes with the Wii. Uh, it's never, you know, I mean, there's all kind of, we've been talking about all the exclusive content that you get, like um, you miss out on stuff with um, Assassin's Creed 4 by playing it on the Wii. I think it was like a DLC pack or something that you just straight up do not get. Right. Or uh, And then, you know, the, uh, the, the, the multiplayer is not included in uh, Batman Origins. And right. It's the way it goes. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's funny when you think about it because, I mean, I've been paying attention to the news in the gaming industry for the last few years straight now. And looking back on when the Wii U was first announced and when it was revealed and everything, man, hopes were so high that Nintendo was going to take some sort of giant leap to be a competitor again. And it obviously does not seem like that. Yeah, no, they fill a different niche. And unfortunately, uh, it's not something that mainstream gamers are um, ready to put their money into. So. Right. So, in the wake of all of these reviews of the PlayStation 4 games already, Sony Worldwide Studios' Shuei Yoshida has expressed his disappointment. Yoshida offered his explanation for the cr critical response, stating online functionality on PS4 was only recently working, and adding that reviewers likely had to play through the games quickly. I haven't spent enough time reading reviews, but I would characterize them as mixed, Yoshida told GamesIndustry.biz. And with this launch, there are lots of games coming out, so the media must be very busy going through the games very quickly. And especially since the online functionality wasn't ready until the last couple of days, so we have to look at how much time they spend on what aspect of the games and how that may be contributing to some of the lower scores. He added that despite these scores, he is not worried for the new console. 
He said, I've played through all of our games, Killzone, Knack, and Rezogun, and I totally enjoyed playing through these games. I'm now in my second run of Knack and Rezogun at a higher difficulty. These games really grow on you when you play more. I'm very confident that once you purchase these games and play, you'll be happy that you've done so. Good answer. I guess I would expect him to say something like that, you know. Hopefully he's on the money. Yeah. So we'll have to see. It's rough because obviously he has to still be positive and not be like, well, you know, if you don't like it, you don't like it. Launch day is tomorrow, so he has to say something. I don't know if it's <laughs> right. if he's dead on the mark or if it's just that I think in my opinion, expectations are so high for this next gen that I think that is what's really playing into it more than anything. Right. I mean, you know, like I said, um, we gotta remember they're just they're just games. People are so pumped for the next gen that I think um they're looking at these as like demigod games instead of you know just games so it's important to remember um if you're expecting everything to be you know a a masterpiece uh 10 out of 10 you're you're going to be disappointed right which by the way speaking of all of these games we do have all of the install sizes for the ps4 launch games there's uh quite a list that i will just post most notably we have assassin's creed 4 at 21.2 gigabytes Battlefield 4 at 33.9 gigabytes. Call of Duty Ghosts at 31.1 gigabytes. DC Universe Online at 22.7 gigabytes. Injustice Gods Among Us at 22 gig. Just Dance 22 gig. Killzone Shadowfall at 38.5. Knack at 35.6. And NBA 2K14 at 41.8 gigabytes. Some big games, man. I remember when games would take five, six hundred megs to install. Yeah, and it's something to be noted because we've actually received word that a 500 gig PlayStation 4 will actually net you about 400 gig of storage. Oh, wow. It's a lot of room used up on the OS. Yeah. On the plus side, there are tons of videos, and I'll post one in the description in case you need it links, on how links. to swap out your PS4. So, on to the news we care about. Only the stuff we care about. The things the we don't care about are not we included. Care about. Just the stuff we care about. Did you see what happened on South Park last night, sir? <laughs> I did. I did. It was <laughs> yes. pretty, uh, I don't know, because I didn't really watch it. So. <laughs> well, but you watched the clip. <laughs> I know. I was trying to say something about the episode, and then I was like, well, I didn't really watch this. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway, I'll post a link uh, to the South Park clip from last night links, that involves links. the next gen. We won't talk about it. PlayStation 4 is obviously in the public eye right now. It was also on Jimmy Fallon's Late Show last night with I- Ice-T playing The Playroom, which is pretty ridiculous and hilarious. Yep. There's some good memes from that, some good gifs. Or <laughs> if you watch PBS I- Idea Channel, some good jifs. Jifs. So, Luke, let me ask you this. Do you care about unboxing videos? No. Why would I want to watch someone open up something? I don't give a shit. I mean, yeah, I don't I like understand. to open up things myself. I don't want to watch someone open something up. Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I guess if you are so invested and it matters that much to you to see it ahead of time, feel free to watch those videos. I will post a link to Sony's official unboxing video. Which I thought was kind of funny the way that they set it up. I thought it was ridiculous. It looked like it was some master thief who was like breaking into like a data mining compound and yeah. decided to <laughs> acquire this uh, 
extremely valuable PlayStation 4 and open right. it up right there before they leave the place. And then, of course, there's our buddy, Shue, saying, greatness awaits. And that was it. So, <laughs> Yeah, I've never... Yeah, under- kind of ridiculous. I've never understood the hype over unboxing videos, though they are everywhere. Every single site did their own unboxing video. Right. YouTube is filled with people that won the contests ahead of time and stuff to, to play greatness before the rest. You know, I forget what that was called. Yeah, um, my girlfriend uh, made an unboxing video when she got her Vitamix for her birthday. <laughs> we didn't share it with anyone. We just thought it was fun to make. So. Oh, okay. Well, you know, for a Vitamix, it's important. I want to know how those things all put together in the package. <laughs> Dude, that thing has 2.2 horsepower. <laughs> it's a fucking blender. It is 2.2 horsepower. <laughs> It'll like rip your arm off, like things. In, it's crazy. It reminds me of the new Anchorman commercial where he like looks at the car and he's like, "This has over two hundred horsepower, and you're just a horse." <laughs> I think it's funny that we still regard things as horsepower. Can anyone even make that judgment in their head? Like, what exactly is a horse's power? I know. Can't we just <laughs> use like an actual metric of measurement that determines yeah. power? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like foot pounds of torque. That's an easy one. Yeah. <laughs> Why horsepower? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So there are also going to be some big PS4 announcements coming tonight, by the way, which I guess we'll cover next week, although everyone will know them by then if there's anything worth talking about. But uh, there is, of course, a live stream going on on Ustream tonight that will have already happened by the time this goes live, but hopefully this goes live by the time the PlayStation 4 is live. So, yeah. Word. Also, I was wondering about this too. Do launch trailers really influence you at all? I mean, when it comes down to the wire and a game's almost about to come out, okay, let's ignore that this is the launch of a new console altogether. Does the launch trailer ever, like, have you ever been turned or convinced to actually go out and get a game based on a launch trailer? Uh, no. I know know that everyone says this, but for me it's true. I'm really just not influenced by advertising. Yeah, I'm not because I know what advertising is trying to do. I understand what inside my brain they're trying to tap into to make me want something. Right, and I know the things I like. I know the things I don't like. So advertising just doesn't work on me. So like, I think the other way to think of it too, it doesn't really know be- because I agree with you is that because we live in a digital age where we know everything, and because I compile stuff like crazy about all of this. We know these things well before. We know everything about a game. We know everything about the mechanics of something. We've seen gameplay videos. We've seen teasers. We've heard interviews with directors and producers and developers to know all of this stuff ahead of time. And it's available to everyone. This news is just free. It's on the web. Right. I've always wondered why people put a lot of money into that. Like We've got new launch trailers for what Killzone and... Uh, Blacklight Retribution, and there's even a launch trailer for the PS4. I, I guess it's just to kind of feed the hype, but it never really influences me. I just think that they're kind of funny that people really get into them. Like, here's the new launch trailer of this. Oh, you mean the new, 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 new trailer? Because we've seen five before the actual official launch trailer. Right. <laughs> so what is there left to really sell to people? Yeah, I know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, you know, for the mainstream audience that actually has an effect and it works. In that case, fine. Go ahead doing commercials. But yeah, I mean, like you said, we're kind of too invested in this industry for it to really make a difference. Right. And, you know, they spent so much money on those trailers. You'd think that they would 
I don't know, start to think that maybe that's less of a necessity these days. Like no one cares about commercials on TV anymore. Everyone knows through the web everything. So the commercial is right. never new to them. Unless it's a reveal of something that they're showing on TV, which, you know, pretty much only Call of Duty ever does stuff like that. Right, of course. Yeah. So we saw a couple of videos involving some of the new features, some of the new things working with the system. Did you see the one with the uh, UI of the PS4? I didn't, know. Okay. A nice handy little article was written up on Kotaku called Nine Cool Facts About the PS4's Interface. I really like the image that heads it, by the way, because it's just a picture of the PS4 and it just says neat next to it. <laughs> Indeed. Number one, you can have two groups of PSN friends regular friends, and true friends. To be true friends, or BFFs, of course, you both have to agree. Regular friends will just show up on your friends list and games by their handles, but the machine will display true friends' real names if they've said that they would allow it so that you don't have to keep remembering that Sex Cowboy 77 is actually Kirk Hamilton. <laughs> also, multitasking is super easy. If you double tap the PlayStation button on the DualShock 4, you'll swap between your last two applications. So if you play a game, then pause to look at your friends list, it's easy to switch back to where you left off. No saving required. I like that. You know, one thing that bothered me about the PlayStation 4 or the or the PlayStation 3 interface, maybe this was just me not knowing what I was doing, but there okay. was no way to send a mass message to all my friends saying, I want you guys to come play The Last of Us multiplayer. Does that exist or did I just not know what I, what I was doing or what it's just not as streamlined for it it's something that xbox live nailed and that playstation then had to catch up and figure out how to do party chat and things like that like they were late to the game right. obviously xbox live pioneered a lot of this stuff and the only way to do that is to send a message and while creating the message go in the the field where it says who it's to and then add people yeah see that's like really just unnecessarily long you know the, right. the xbox live version was fantastic you just said mm -hmm. you know so and so wants to play this game with friends it was that simple right kind of like a broadcast I'm, I'm hoping that kind of functionality comes to ps4 oh for sure the way that they've talked about friends and everything there's there's a lot they've they've revamped about the entire service basically they've taken to heart all of the constructive criticism if it's even constructive about what people didn't like about ps3 uh, <laughs> your service sucks yeah <laughs> like it it's worst uh, service ever <laughs> so next there's a whole hub for broadcasting this is a system built for sharing and streaming sony's so into this stuff they even put a share button on the controller ps4 records automatically up to 15 minutes of gameplay and you can edit and trim that footage using a snappy interface that seems to work well you can also broadcast live gameplay on twitch or ustream and can search for keywords on the system's broadcast hub to see what people are sharing at any given moment. Also, while Twitch streaming, if you have the PlayStation Eye, you can show yourself on it, so people can see you know, your reactions as you're playing as well. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, with a double tap of the PS Home button, apparently you can pull up the chat window. So if people are watching Twitch on their computers or something and chatting on your stream, you'll get a notification that someone's posted something and you can double tap to look at that, chat with them real quick, and then double tap again to jump right back into playing. Cool. I like it. That sounds great. Yeah, we'll be doing tons and tons of IRL Twitch streaming. That's for sure. <laughs> you can count on it. Next, the homepage shows what your friends are doing. So you'll see things like, Steven just started streaming Knack, or Evan is playing Killzone Shadowfall, and you can interact with your friends directly from that page. Nice. I like that. 
I do remember seeing something like that when um, Shuei Yoshida was playing it at E3. Right. Next, as you download a game, you can start playing it before it's finished. It'll take a bit, an hour at most, for the system to install enough data for you to start, start a game. But you won't have to wait for that software to download completely, which is good yeah. because these games are big. Different games allow you to prioritize based on how you want to play while they are downloaded. Call of Duty Ghosts, for example, will let you choose whether you want to start playing single or multiplayer, and you'll download the bits accordingly. Yeah, that's good. You know, the um, and I'm not sure who pioneered that kind of idea, but I know that in World of Warcraft they did that with the new patches, because some of the patches were pretty massive. Oh, okay. Um, at least a few gigs. So uh, you could, you know, after maybe half an hour or not even that long, sometimes it was as little as five minutes. You could actually start playing the full version of the, of the game with the new patch, kind of like as it was downloading. You know, word. So uh, yeah. Next. Playing as a guest will let you sign in on other people's PS4s. You can just choose play as guest and sign in on your own account. It'll automatically wipe all your data when you're done with the machine. I don't really know how important that is, how many people go over to people's houses to play a couch co-op and need to sign in as a guest that regularly. I don't know. Um, Okay, cool. Also, you can watch Netflix without a PlayStation Plus subscription. Okay, so this isn't a fun fact about the UI, and really we already knew this, but it's pretty damn cool that Sony isn't locking this stuff up behind a paywall. La la la. And uh, finally, the machine is designed to stay in standby mode, and it'll charge your DualShock 4 while it's resting. Finally. Nice. My PS3 seems to do the same kind of thing, though. Right. But now it'll be in standby, so it'll be less power consumption while doing so. Gotcha. We got video of PS4 launch titles Killzone Shadowfall and Battlefield 4 being played over PS4 Remote Play with a Vita. I don't know when I'm going to end up with a Vita, but I'm glad to see these videos and see that even right now, you know, without any hiccups or anything, it seems to be pretty... Uh, the streams have no delay, no lag to them. It looks incredible. It doesn't look as incredible, obviously, as it does on like a big HD flat screen, but it's still good to know that remote play is already functional and working so well. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Um, I like to see that. Well, I will send it to you. And, you know, I'll put it in the links. How about that? Links. 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 Sony has said, as far as the PlayStation 4 launch is concerned, we're very, very confident. And we have pretty much heard that, you know, you know, we've talked about this before. We're not quite as worried about hiccups this time around, including launch systems, although we're always worried. Well, as it turns out, reports of broken systems are already flooding the internet. Seriously? This is something that kind of over time today has come out. IGN received a detailed account from a one PS4 Play the Future First. Oh, that's what it was from Taco Bell. Play the Future First promotion. The winner's broken console experience. At the time of publishing this originally, Aragon, his Reddit username, will not be receiving a, a working PlayStation 4 before launch because the console showed up dead on arrival at 11 a.m. The console would turn on accompanied by a pulsing blue light. It should glow white, by the way, but it would not output a signal to the TV. The first thing he did was call support, and it took multiple times of him contacting support and so he finally got in touch with them. Uh, the Sony PlayStation social media team contacted him. 
He couldn't remember the name of the representative, but was told after they spoke that the supervisor there was nothing they could do either. Well, almost nothing. They credited $10 to his PSN and said he should continue talking to support. However, the story doesn't end there. The issue was escalated at PlayStation support, and the representative called him back to tell them they would be sending a box overnight to his house. It would be an empty, pre-labeled box so that he could send back the broken one free of charge and get it into support's hands. His representative then told him it would take another five to six days until he got a replacement. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a shame they wouldn't just mail him a new one. I can kind of understand why they wouldn't or couldn't, but, you know, it's a shame that he had to, like, you know, he's all excited he finally gets this thing and he's, he's got it before anyone else has it. And then he tries to load it up and gets nothing. I know. What a shame. Kind of defeats the whole purpose of play it first, right? Yes. Well... There are a number of updates. So then immediately following that, Shuei Yoshida tweeted himself, Be assured we are investigating reported PS4 issues. The number is very small compared to shipped. We believe they are isolated incidents. Then a third update. A Sony representative provided the following statement to IGN. A handful of people have reported issues with their PS4 systems. This is within our expectations for a new product introduction, and the vast majority of PS4 feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. We are closely monitoring for additional reports, but we think these are isolated incidents and are on track for a great launch. There have been several problems reported, which leads us to believe there isn't a single problem that could impact a broader percentage of systems. The number of affected systems represents less than 0.4% of shipped units to date, which is within our expectations for a new product introduction. Yeah, well then, you know, hopefully they're, that's all true and they're all on the, on the right track and that it's all going to work out, so... Yeah, I know I'd be pissed if you know my pre-order was still going through and right. (laughs) Also, word has it that the PlayStation Four wobbles a little bit because of construction with uh, the rubber feet. So if you press on the right spot, it it kind of teeter totters. (laughs) It's alive, like a Mexican jumping bean. People are going to be very upset about that. I'm sure. Uh boy. And we got some news a little while ago that we didn't bring up, but there are some updates to the story now, so I thought I'd bring it up. While the original PlayStation 3 was produced in Japan, Sony now outsources its hardware assembling to Asian Electronics mega manufacturer Foxconn. Oh, God. So the PS4 is being made in China. And, of course, now, according to reports, thousands of college students were forced to manufacture it. Shanghai's Dongfang Daily via China.com reports that thousands of students from Jian Technological University worked at Foxconn's plant in the coastal Chinese city of Yantai as part of a work-study program that lasted from August to October. Chinese news reports state the program was mandatory, and if the students did not participate, they would not receive their diploma. Some students said that leaving the program early would even cost them six college credits. China is an awful country. According to the students, they were given tasks and jobs that were unrelated to their majors or fields of study. Apparently, they also did manual labor. Dude, Foxconn put in suicide nets and suicide bars on the windows uh, for the workers who make the Apple products because right. their lives are so awful that they were jumping out the windows to kill themselves. That's what Foxconn has created. I'm extremely upset that PlayStation is manufacturing through them. Well... Here's the thing. So, in a statement issued to Quartz, the Chinese manufacturer acknowledged that engineering students from Jian Institute were assigned to night shifts and overtime in violation of the company's policies. They said, Immediate actions have been taken to bring that campus into full compliance with our code and policies. 
in reinforcing the policies of no overtime and no night shifts for student interns, even though such work is voluntary, and reminding all interns of their rights to terminate their participation in the program at any time. And then Sony issued a statement to CVG. The Sony Group established the Sony Supplier Code of Conduct in June 2005 with the expectation of every supplier agreeing and adhering to the policies of the Sony Group in complying with all applicable laws, work ethics, labor <laughs> conditions, and respect for human rights, environmental conservation, and health and safety. We understand Foxconn fully comprehend and comply with the Sony Supplier Code of Conduct. Last year, of course, Foxconn admitted that an unspecified number of student interns aged 14 to 16 had been employed at one of its Chinese factories. As one of the world's largest contracted electronics makers, Foxconn also makes products for Apple, Microsoft, and Nintendo. Well, that's good. Yeah. It still sucks, obviously. I, I'm not saying that they should you know, not rethink what they're doing at all, but at the same time, it was established in their contract, and right. that's really as much as they can do from their side of things. You know, They can't they don't have a hand in what happens there. If if a company says, oh yeah, we'll do things to code, and then they don't, can you hold the parent company uh, liable? I don't know. It's it's kind of rough. Right. Also, we have news that PlayStation 4 will not support CD or MP3 playback at launch. Does this affect you at all, sir? Um, no. I mean, I don't think so. If I want to listen to music, I have a computer to do that. Usually when I'm playing a game, I like to kind of just immerse myself in that game by itself. Right. So I don't think I would want to listen to something that's not the game. Well, I mean, I guess... Let me reward that. (laughs) I guess the the other thing comes down to, for me, the PlayStation 3 was always just like a media center PC. So from the very beginning, I was using an external hard drive and watching all movies and listening to all my music hooked through into my ps3 into my surround sound right so if i listen to music i was putting it on the ps3 if i wanted to watch a movie i put it on the ps3 i I mean i had my entire mp3 library on there apparently this has caused quite a stir and a what they're calling a passionate quote-unquote response to these issues because the xbox one is going to support mp3 and dlna at launch and i guess people really use their playstations as like media servers and stuff according to shue yushida of course he said it's not like we actively decided let's not do this feature so that people will subscribe to music unlimited although music unlimited by the way is a decent service that reminds me of google play music in a way you can upload your own music to it and then stream it and you can play that through the system even while you're playing games However, you do have to pay a subscription fee to be able to do so. And you have to pay a heftier one if you want to put your own music on there. Okay, but, so it was looked at as kind of um, shoehorning people into buying a service. Right. But he said, like we've been saying, the focus has always been on game features and some of the features we wanted, but we couldn't get in on day one. Game features we are very disappointed and worried about not having on day one and that have been the, the higher priorities. Certain previously announced features like the PS4 suspend resume mode and the option to share a controller over the internet to assist a friend also won't be available at launch. Sony announced in a lengthy FAQ where the lack of MP3, CD, and DLNA was revealed. Yoshida has said, We really didn't think about MP3 or DLNA. We always thought we were going to do that eventually. We've been doing it with all the products, so it caught us off guard. People don't really talk about these features, right? But when we say we don't have it, people get really mad and say, I canceled the pre-order. Wait a second. So as we speak, the teams in Japan and the U.S. 
the systems guys are discussing how and when we can put these features on the PS4. Okay. Well, I hope it's not that big of a deal to people that they're canceling their pre-order, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. For comparison, Xbox One has free ad-supported Xbox Music streaming for gold members. So in this way, obviously, it looked like they were just kind of forcing people into that subscription model. Right. And Sony has updated the PSN terms of service, mostly is about your your voice at launch, which the PlayStation 4 will be launching with limited voice commands. And the PSN terms of service specifically say that Sony may, quote-unquote, monitor and record PSN voice and text communications. (laughs) Oh boy, here we go. Now, this isn't the only thing that came out of that, because also Sony has reiterated that you can sell and share your PS4 games through the store. And recently, in the terms of service, it's been noticed that, that there is things about that that are basically updating your account for those reasons. So that's a positive side to it. Obviously, we could go on and on and on about the NSA and monitoring of our personal liberties, you know, those things that we used to have. But (laughs) I don't want to get too in-depth with it. It reveals something interesting, I guess, because this is something that brought up a huge hoopla when we talked about the Kinect, right? It was like, Microsoft is sharing our data and the government's going to know everything and (laughs) <laughs> now, you know, of course, everyone right. has a smartphone and a tablet and something by now anyway that's monitoring and right. you don't even know about it. But I think it's interesting that this is not being made such a fuss of right now, but considering the argument against the Xbox One due to its Kinect features, I don't know. I, I, is this the, the pot calling the kettle black of like, you know, Sony fans are just like, oh, okay, whatever, no big deal. But when they heard about the Xbox One, they were like, oh, of course Xbox One's going to monitor your data. And I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> I think it was a bigger deal when everything was going on surrounding the Xbox and the Kinect and voice recording and facial recognition and all that right. stuff. Because it was it was the first time a console had ever done something like that. And the PS4 seemed to have no feature on it that was anything like it. Right. You know, So I think it, it caused a stir. And I'll be honest, I think at this point, people got mad about it. Right. And then as people do, they forget and move on. And I think now, even if people really were to understand that this is essentially the same exact thing, I think all the excitement about that has kind of died out and they're not going to be as mad about it because it's not a fresh thing. I don't know. (laughs) People are so fickle, you know, and I think that's the real problem. For sure. So on to upcoming games we know and care about. Upcoming games we know and care about. So, the launch lineup looking a little scarce. How do you feel about that? Um, do you think that it's really going to impact the people that were, you know, I mean, obviously it's impacted you directly because you were waiting for the watch. Yeah, although I don't have the money to afford it anyway. So, <laughs> Well, then here's a hypothetical. In the event that you had the money, would you have continued to get the PS4 even though there was the delay? If I had money, yeah, sure, I would. There's enough stuff out there to play. I really want to play Knack. I'm not so concerned with the review score being bad. I just want to play it anyway. Right, right. Uh, you know, I want to see Battlefield 4 on the new system. Yeah, yeah. there are things that I definitely would play and uh, do want to play. So, yeah, I would still get it. Yeah. I mean, looking at the list, we have a few things that have been added recently, like Trine 2, if you're into that. Blacklight Retribution recently added to launch, which is great. But then Delayed, we have Tiny Brains and Pinball Arcade. Now, Pinball Arcade, I'm sure people aren't terribly disappointed that that's been delayed. 
But Tiny Brains is actually one that I was kind of excited about. Tiny Brains is going to launch November 26th now. They're saying it's due to online fixes, so I guess that's good. I, I'm glad that they're not worried about pushing things out just to make them perfect. But at right. the same time, I got to assume that this hurts launch. You know, this hurts people that were really excited for PlayStation 4 at launch. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll have to see how this all changes things. Right. Also, there was a bundle announced for Infamous Second Son. Oh yeah, and that that uh, that's that's looking pretty good. I might I might look into that one myself if they don't talk about a Vita bundle anytime soon. That looks like a great game. Yeah, I, you know I keep forgetting about that game, and yet I know I'm excited to play it just because I that kind of gameplay really does appeal to me. Right. There was a recent article I was reading where someone was saying that Infamous Second Son is so good looking and how it performs that it's almost as fun to watch as it is to play. Yeah, I bet some games are like that. Yeah, when I prefer to watch people play games, I prefer it be something that's shocking, like Dead Space or Amnesia, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I, I could get into just watching someone play Second Son, I'm sure. It looks so pretty. So Blizzard has revealed a few new features that will launch exclusively on the PS4 version of Diablo 3. Obviously, we're going to get to more BlizzCon stuff later, but everything that's regarded PS4 I'm going to talk about right now. The DualShock 4 has some really cool features on it, Humphrey told IGN. The small one is the light bar. I know that seems like, okay, whatever, that's cool, but one of the nice things we can do is color code it to the player colors in the game. We found it's actually really useful. If you've been playing and someone walks away from the table and someone comes back, it's easier to determine the controllers. He also said that while the general UI and analog-based controls of Diablo 3 won't change compared to PS3, the team is experimenting with some of the DualShock 4's new features. They've really been playing around with the touchpad, he said. What the touchpad can be really useful for and really cool for are shortcutting things that you just do over and over again. So essentially, when you bind keys on a keyboard, it's essentially giving mm-hmm. them more ways for you to be able to like bind the actions that you would put together on the uh, into all the touchpad functionality and stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's always been a huge thing in the Diablo games on the PC. I mean, there wasn't a whole ton of customizable variety. You kind of still had to choose between, I think, um, like the F keys or just the number keys for certain things. Mm-hmm. But you could always kind of switch around uh, the bindings and the buttons. So that's good to see that it's, it's, it's coming to console too and they're not just kind of, you know, making it like, like a typical port where you don't have a whole lot of options. Right, right. And Julie Humphreys again said, speaking with CVG, in regard to remote play, that is something we're looking into. I would say that we are in the earliest stages of looking at that. We want to make sure that it is readable and a good user experience. Speaking with GameSpot, however, senior level designer said that the studio is not looking into it, so it's, it's kind of iffy. But apparently, if they were to do it, it would allow for four-player like couch co-op Diablo 3, basically. Right. Which is pretty cool. Although I think this is really interesting, Blizzard has also said that they will not be adding controller support to the PC version of Diablo 3. That is weird. I thought you could use a gamepad as it was, like a, a, a 360 controller. Not for uh, Diablo 3, I suppose. That's really bizarre. <laughs> yeah. I thought you could for sure. Wow. Matthew Berger, senior level designer of the console version, explained to your gamer at BlizzCon that Blizzard views the two versions of the game as distinct and tailored, with control method, camera interface, pace, and gameplay balance all going hand in hand. You can't change one without changing them all, and you can't just add support for both in the same version. Right. Which I guess makes sense. 
it's just uh, kind of funny considering you can get it on console and play with a controller, or you can get it on PC and be forced to never use a controller. <laughs> but then again, I don't know how many Diablo 3 players on PC really care, you know? Yeah, people have been using keyboards and mice since forever. This is a first release of a Diablo game during an era where you could even use a gamepad with your computer. So maybe not so much of a big deal to people. Yeah, and... uh it's also been announced that War Thunder, by the way, will support keyboard, mouse, and flight sticks on the PS4. Not the only game to allow keyboard and mouse, but it's uh, cool to see that, that that exists. Flight sticks, not seen those in a long time. Yeah, right? I don't know if they're gonna if we're going to get back into the age where people are really using flight sticks for flight games, but... Yeah. So, seven months have passed now since the beginning of this game and the steady content stream has beefed up warframe considerably you know adding new classes adding new content all of these things so ign wrote an article that i liked that said what to buy in warframe and it brings up the good point of you know as a free-to-play game can it be played just as free so it says first things first the enemy waves exploding barrels and pleasing ratatat of the gun is open to everyone even with newbies fresh from the tutorial thrown immediately into the action Beginning players are able to choose a ton of things, and you can level things up, of course. The completion of each level nets you XP, as well as a handful of credits. Accessing new Warframes is a seriously time-costly business, though. But then, of course, you could simply buy a new Warframe, skipping the whole crafting from Blueprint shebang with real-life money. Mm -hmm. If you're going to buy one thing, though, you should just buy Platinum, is what it's saying, basically. Because for $549, you get 75 Platinum which just so happens to be the lower range price of new Warframes. For a free-to-play so. game, too, it doesn't bother me. You know, If it was a $60 title with these kinds of microtransactions, then that'd be frustrating. Right. But yeah, you know, I mean, you're basically getting a full version of a game for $5. <laughs> it's not so bad. Right. And you know, I've thought about this before, too. I almost feel more inclined, knowing more about the industry now, that I want to spend that, those little microtransaction monies because I want to support these devs. I know it's free. I know I could try and grind everything out and just be a free user, but I also know that lots of other people will also do the same thing, and I want them to see a return on their product, and I right. want it to keep growing and getting better. Right. Yep. Not a wheel turns until a dollar is spent. <laughs> Businesses can't thrive without money. This is true, unfortunately. We got some news on Dying Light. Dying Light is apparently using some interesting tech things with the DualShock 4 controller. Oh, Turning yeah. on flashlight in-game will turn the light on the controller to a bright white, and players can click the touchpad to call up the game's menu. They said they're also working to incorporate other features using the speaker on the controller itself, so that when another character speaks or players over the radio, the voice will come through the controller rather than your syst- like through your TV. I wonder what it's going to look like when you turn... Like, say you're sitting in a dark room and turn the flashlight on in the game, and then your controller lights up. Is it going to just like light the whole room up and look cheesy, or is it going to like? I don't think it's that. Give me this impression like you actually got a light on, <laughs> you know. I I don't think it's that bad. I mean, yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> the light doesn't seem too strong, but yeah, that could be very interesting for the situation. Yeah. Also, according to Binkowski, Techland is trying to add voice recognition for multiplayer, so that would allow one player to scream at a horde of zombies and lure them away from another player. Wow, that's really funny. <laughs> Talk about immersive, you know? I think that would be really, really awesome. Like, It'd be funny to I can't get imagine your another way to make zombie first-person shooters more realistic than making your audio count for something. Right. 
Uh, I'm just imagining all the uh, police showing up at residences. Uh, is there a problem here? Uh, no, uh, I was just screaming at digital zombies. No big deal. <laughs> Zombie Studios has a new trailer for Blacklight Retribution, another free-to-play game. But they're hoping to break the stigma that all free-to-play games feature a pay-to-win model and that they can also offer a core experience, said the studio director, Jared Gerritsen. Speaking to Polygon at a PlayStation 4 event at New York, he said that the studio's built-in next-gen version of the game based on 2012's Windows PC release from the ground up with a new monetization pipeline. His idea is to teach players that free-to-play games don't involve spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars. He went on to say that the transactions involved are a lot smaller and offer the player a level of convenience, such as skipping the amount of time it takes to do something. As Blacklight Retribution doesn't require a monthly subscription and players aren't forced to buy in-game content, Garrison said that there's no reason not to download it. With free-to-play, he said the game launches and evolves until the player base dissipates, as opposed to playing a retail game where it's a retail game, DLC, 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 next game. When you think of free-to-play, there's only been a handful of Western games. A lot of them are from other territories where they're very much okay with free-to-play mentality. It's not as openly complained about, and you don't have massive forums calling it pay-to-win. Gerritsen mentioned that a launch of upcoming next-gen free-to-play titles such as Warface and Planetside will also change game developers' perceptions of how they release and provide content to players. You're going to see these come, and they're going to be big, and everyone else is going to be like, we can not keep making pay-to-wins now. You're also going to see a lot of other big companies that really just rely on the yearly content to see a completely new marketplace because other people will be going to the free-to-play. Right. So it's going to be an interesting model in the next gen, that's for sure. Yeah, especially with the rising popularity of mobile games and the way that a lot of mobile games are free-to-play. Yeah. Hey, also, guess what? Don't Starve and The Binding of Isaac are going to be free on PS4 with PlayStation Plus. Oh, hell yes. All right. Well, it looks like I know what I'll be playing soon. <laughs> yeah, right? I was actually pretty uh, surprised to hear that. I mean, considering Don't Starve, it's like, it's coming to PlayStation. Oh, and by the way, it's free instantly. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, then everyone will not be paying anything for it. Just like contrast so, to it, that surprised the hell out of me, you know? Yeah. It, it once again brings up this discussion that I need to know the answer of how are these devs getting paid properly? <laughs> I I know. I would be really interested to know how the PlayStation Plus model pays the devs. I want to know how this works. So Kojima subtly revealed that PlayStation is going to receive PlayStation-exclusive content for Metal Gear Solid Five. It's been kind of a trend lately, huh? I guess so. I mean... It's not terribly surprising in this day and age to see exclusive content, but he has said that it's going to be multiple missions in addition to side op secondary missions. We're not even exactly sure what it is, but the way he's talking about it makes it seem like it's quite a bit of content. Yeah. So I guess if you're looking forward to Metal Gear Solid 5, well, you're probably a PlayStation user anyway because you probably grew up with the franchise if you're really, really excited. But, you know, get it on yeah, PlayStation. I feel like. Um if you've uh, been playing Metal Gear games since the beginning, then you've probably just been owning a string of PlayStations. So I feel oh, like, yeah. you know, for people who really want that extra content, they're going to be getting it anyway because they're, they already have a PS3. Yeah. Luke, in February 2014, Rayman Legends is headed to PS4. <laughs> and Xbox One, but we're talking about PS4 right now anyway. Yeah. I love the Rayman games. That'll be awesome. Hopefully I'll have one by then. 
We'll see. <laughs> and in case you were excited for Minecraft on PS4, it turns oh out that they're focused wait. on the PS3 edition right now. So it will be coming to PS3 first, and they're still working on that one. Okay. So. A little late in the game, huh? Yeah, I guess so. As far as mobile is mobile. concerned, there is mobile. a companion app for Assassin's Creed 4 that shows how tablets can aid your piracy, giving you maps and controls over things. That's cool. pretty cool. You should that definitely check cool. that out. And the PS4 app has officially launched on iOS and Android. And guess what? It's compatible with my device, so I already installed it. Yay! It's actually really awesome. You should do the same. It's like basically having the cross-media bar interface from the PS3 on your phone, only smooth and streamlined. I like it. And especially since you can queue up downloads and purchases straight from there. Right. I like it. I can dig it. Can y'all dig it? (laughs) And then on to the console chat. The console chat. The console chat. Which is really only one chat. So the PlayStation 4 <laughs> will not have a dedicated Facebook app. No. Now, of course, this is because Facebook will be pretty much integrated into it when you identify yourself. Because the way that it's taking its photos now, you can't just take your user photo with the PlayStation 4 camera. The only way you can do it is by uploading it through Facebook or using an avatar like we've always used on PS3. Okay. So, and Facebook will use official facial recognition to decide which of your profile pictures are actually you. <laughs> That's interesting. So that if you, you know, like I do, I have random ones that are just images. Like the Mega Man one or whatever, the one you me, got now. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have the Mega Man Pittsburgh Penguins guy up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw the one that... uh the Dougie made too. Yeah. So as far as app comparisons on the PS4 and the Xbox One, the PS4 is obviously going to have its you know music unlimited and stuff like that. It's going to have Crunchyroll and Epics over the Xbox One. But the Xbox One wins in this category for sure because Twitch, Machinima, Ted, Fox Now, ooh, Muzu <laughs> TV, Univision Deportes. Or some Spanish channel. I don't know. The CW, Verizon Fios, FX Now, HBO Go, which is the big one for me, ESPN, and NFL are only on the Xbox One. I don't care about like any of those. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it's funny, though, that PS4 has integrated Twitch streaming, yet you can't watch t- Twitch content. Yeah. I know. What's up with that? It seems kind of odd, right? Tell us, Shue. <laughs> Indeed. However, the PS4 has NHL Game Center and the Xbox One does not. And that really upset Rob, by the way, because he was so set on getting an Xbox One. Mm-hmm. And now that he knows that NHL Game Center won't be on it, he's pissed. <laughs> but then he can't get a, a PS4 because HBO Go only works on Xbox One. Right. It's like for people like him that are using these media apps, it, it's really like severing ties with different things. Now he knows if he wants to watch it, since that was Xbox 360 was his way of watching it on TV. Now he's going to have to what hook up his PC or hook up a PS4 next to his Xbox One just for that. Like that's ridiculous. It's hey, if I could have an Xbox One and a PS4, I would be happy. Yeah, right. <laughs> we might have multiples in this house. I'm not sure where this is going because Brandon, of course, said he wanted PS4, but then he just bought Ghosts on 360 and he might move up to the Xbox One version of it. And then okay. uh, James wants an Xbox One, but Doug wants PS4 and I want a PS4. 
we'll, we'll see well, how that all works hopefully out. Hopefully you guys will have plenty of stuff to screw around on. Yeah. Oh, something that I really enjoy, and that Greg Miller loves, by the way, you'll always know how rare your PlayStation 4 trophies are now because they're going to keep track of which trophies, what percentage of the user base are getting, and based on that, create like a very rare, rare, you know, common categories for it. So now you'll that know. That is like, awesome because I love trophies. You'll automatically know when you get that Dead Space 2 hardcore mode kind of trophy that you'll know what exact percentage of the people that are playing got it and how rare that is. I love it that they're adding that. I really, really love it because I love trophies. I don't know what it is. I just like getting them. <laughs> it's just fun to figure out the best way to collect them and then go about doing it. You know what yeah. I mean? I just love it. So that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad that they're doing that. Yeah, you know, and I never really thought that I'd care much about the percentages, but then when I got that email telling me how rare the, the Last of Us Platinum was and that I was one of those few, yeah, there was like a sense of pride I got from it. I can't explain it. <laughs> <laughs> right, you're like, oh, uh, sweet. <laughs> yeah. Also, some news that's going to bum you out, buddy. Uh-oh, what happened? In a recent interview with Tech Radar. Inventor of the Oculus Rift and founder of Oculus VR, Palmer Lucky, has said, Consoles are too limited for what we want to do. We're trying to make the best virtual reality device in the world. We want to continue and innovate and upgrade every year, continue making progress internally. And whenever we make big jumps, we want to push that to the public. The problem with consoles in general is that once they come out, they're locked to a certain spec for a long, long time. Look at the PCs that existed eight years ago. There have been so many huge advances since then. Now look at the VR hardware of today. I think the jump that we're going to see in the next four or five years is going to be a massive. And already VR is a very intensive thing. It requires rendering at high resolutions at over 60 frames a second in 3D. As he points out, there are already next-gen games running in 720p, so they can barely hit 60 in 2D. It's hard to imagine them running a VR experience that's on par with a PC, he said. What we're most excited about, that really the core direction of our company, is trying to make something that works on platforms that are moving quickly and that are continuously getting more powerful, and consoles are not those. Yeah, I mean, um, is that bumming news? Yeah, kind of, but I kind, you know, I appreciate where he's coming from because I think he's right, and I think he's trying to really not just do a job, but do it the best that he can, you know, and really make something that's truly innovative and i think that i th i think he's right the only real way to yeah. do that is to work with the absolute best hardware every single day absolutely so i like the direction that he's taking it in does it mean i'll have to spend some some extra money to check that thing out yeah but i think in the end it'll be worth it well in the end it'll be kind of pricey because i'm gonna need the omni vr and i'm gonna need the <laughs> treadmill right and uh just a little pricey yeah <laughs> you know i'm glad i got this job and i can't wait to spend like three grand on all the things i want to do with games <laughs> well ladies and gents that'll do it for our very odd and our very cast. out of sorts episode 23 <laughs> which is really the ps4 powwow that's right here on irl game chat as always if you're listening to us thank you and remember that you're not just a listener you're also a friend Big smiles all around. All around. Big, big So smiles. feel free to hit us up anywhere you can find us on the interwebs. And if you're listening to us on iTunes or any particular app, please do us a favor and give us some reviewing, some uh, some scores there. You know, sh Show us that you like us. Yeah. We, we appreciate yeah. it tremendously. Because if you like us, maybe other people will too. This and is true. And then it'll just be a big, happy family. 
And since the level cap on our friends list has been expanded to 2,000, you should add Luke and I on PSN in case your friends list was previously full. Yes. Luke is level up Luke, and I am Guitar Man SDJ. Don't ask. It's a long story. Not to be confused with Guitar Man's DJ. Joe is not the Guitar Man's DJ. He's the Guitar Man. (laughs) This is true. SDJ. Yes. Yes. Which, of course, I will be using my real name on PS4 uh, for people that friend me and become one of my close friends. You know, I think I will too. I kind of like that more. It feels more official, you know? Yeah, a little. I am appreciative of the fact that to be a close friend with somebody and for them to have your real name, you have to approve it and you have to select that you even want to show it in the first place. Oh, okay. So it's not really a worry about privacy or anything anymore. Right. Although, frankly, I wouldn't even really care. You know, it's like, unless you're like really a jerk online and then everybody hates you, then that might be bad for you. Um, In which case you wouldn't want to use it. Suck for all you bullies out there. I don't really see that happening for me because I don't, I I don't go around trying to make enemies, you know? (laughs) Word. So on Twitter, I am Mr. Spud Winters and Luke is Level Up Luke. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash IRL Game Chat. Indeed. Until next time. Thanks for listening, guys. And game on.
Hello, shirtless Luke. <laughs> it was getting hot in here, so I took off all my clothes. <laughs> all right. Are we good to go? We are good to go. Let's do this thing. Man, I am so bad at alt-tabbing. I want this in front, this second, and this third. There we go. You'll get the hang of it eventually. So, bang, 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 boom, boom. <laughs> Getting our energy Get up. Getting my energy up. Yeah. <laughs>